What's up, everybody? My name is Sai. Mm, police brutality. <laughs> Touchy with me. So I was basically no, I wasn't raised in the ghetto, but most of my life was in the ghetto. Sometimes by choice. So I've seen a lot of brutality. I've seen a lot of profiling. I've seen a lot of pain in parents trying to bury their children that were not really thieves, but since they were in the wrong place at the wrong time, they got shot. Live bullets. Anyway, this one time. So I went to see a friend. We're hanging out. You know how friends be like, we're hanging out and then it's 10. So I'm like, okay, well, let me go home. We pick up tomorrow. So I decide to take the main road. Mistake number one. I should have taken the other road. The shortcut. Any, anyone that knows the ghetto know that there's shortcuts like everywhere. So this one time I'm like, okay, let me not take the shortcut because there's a disco matanga going on around that area. So I don't want to be harassed. I don't want no one talking shit to me. I just want to go home and sleep. So I take the main road. Damn shit. Dumbest shit ever. I walk about uh, one, kil- one, no, two minutes away from the house. I I take a bend and then it's boom, police in a in a Land Cruiser. I tried uh, I, I tried not to look at them because well it's the ghetto so when you look at the police it's like making eye contact threatens them or something. So I I went. I, I tried to go past them, I went past them a bit, and then they were like, oh, madam. So me being the Kenyan I am, the nice girl, I was like, hey, how are you, officer, son? But they said, we're fine. They told me, come here. One of them got off the driver's seat and came down and stood there waiting for me to come to him. So I was like, okay. Walked up to the guy, and then he was like, get in the van, in, in the Land Cruiser. And I'm like, what? Why? He's like, get in the Land Cruiser. I told him, officer, I'm trying to go home. And, you know, ghetto, they have this thing where past some time the gate is closed so you cannot access your house or you have to wake someone up. And I was not up for that shit. I was not planning to wake someone up because that guy that we used to wake up to open the gate was really mean. So I was like, okay, officer, I gotta go home. I don't want to be locked out. And the guy was like, no, you have to go with us to Kilimani. And I'm like, I don't want to go. I just want to go home. So the other officer, the one that was in there, the passenger seat gets off and comes. Comes to around to where I am. So he tried to get me from behind. Goes in my jacket pockets, checks, finds my keys, and tries takes them, throws them in the van, in, in the Land Cruiser. And I'm like, what? Why are you throwing my kids in the Land Cruiser? I just want to go home. At the time, it's about 10, 15. There's, it's not really late in the gate at that time because, you know, people like to roam. So people can clearly hear me. I saw someone at the balcony somewhere looking and she called someone and they were just coming to see what was happening, not really doing anything about it because they're scared of the police. So I told this guy, I'm not, I'm not getting in. Almost immediately, there's this group of young people that came running to the main road and behind them is the police. So clearly they were waiting for those people. Oh, they were trying to round up a group of people and they mistook me for one of them. So I'm like, okay, I gotta go. So these people, they got put in the Land Cruiser and I told one of them, please give me those keys in the Land Cruiser. I just want to go home. 
So this officer, among the other officers, the ones that just joined them, there were like five of them, they, they started beating me. I mean like beating, serious beating. I was beat so bad I could not sit well for say a week because mostly they got my back. I, I tried to hide the face and everything. There was kicks, there was nyahunyo, there was slaps. At some point this nigga tried to steal my phone. I don't even know him. I tried to look at the badge but they were wearing jackets over them. The, those green things over them. So they beat me, they beat me and I'm, everyone else in the Land Cruiser was just sitting and watching, not knowing what to do, actually knowing what to do but not really having the power to do it because they themselves were in a position they could not help out. They just sat there, looked at me, felt sad for me I think, but really that was painful. Anyway, after about one hour and a half, this one officer, he was just standing on the side when they were beating me participating by asking me questions like where were you going and I, and I tried to see I saw that this guy was reasonable so I, I, I tried to raise this to him I asked him how would you feel like if your child was just walking home from their friend's house in another place you know like not the project somewhere else in a nice state somewhere how would you feel if they were harassed because they were just walking home they were just trying to get home and be safe so this guy looks at me and this whole time he's just looking at me. He looks nice. You know like how you can feel humanity in people. This guy had some of it left in him. So he's like let this girl go. She's wasting our time. And I, I'm just, I, for a minute there I was like why? Why did you not say this like 30 minutes ago, one hour ago? Like you all just had to take a piece. You all just had to be sadistic y'all just had to enjoy this moment of dating a human being like i pay them it's my taxes that pays them but they handled me like i was i was some i don't know i i don't even know those bad words man so after he said that they let me go actually they chased me down the road a bit and in the as I was looking back to see if they're still chasing me, there was a pole in front of me that shit hit my head bad. I fell down flat, but I could not stay down to feel the pain, so I just stood up. Not to feel the pain per se, but I didn't want to stay down because they would catch up with me and beat me some more. So I just stood up and ran again with a big bump in the middle of my forehead. Anyway, I don't like thinking about that. It's cool, you know. It's not cool, but what can we do? And to tell you the truth, I have experience. You were with me during the last ex encounter with the police. I have experienced that with police though it depends on where they find you they find you in the ghetto they gonna kick your ass they found you in the suburbs they will ask questions try to level with you try to understand the situation but in the ghetto they profile you for a thug they profile you for a person that it you know like they don't take the, the ghetto life or the street life because i've been arrested on the street too over a misunderstanding not even a misunderstanding for profiling again for being profiled as a person that is up to no good while i was just you know just minding my business so police brutality it's something i have my <laughs> my bad days with but i hope someday they you know they start to respect the office i mean with the office we give them the power without us they don't have job uh, they don't have jobs oh no All we want to do is take the chains off.
All we want to do is break the chains off it. Yeah. All we want to do is be free. All we want to do is be free. All we want to do is take the chains off. All we want to do is break the chains off it. Yeah. All we want to do is be free. All we want to do is be free. Yeah, so this is my my story um, in terms of you know having uh, encounters with certain racism while I was abroad in the UK. So okay, so when I was studying abroad um, and I was there for almost one year doing doing my masters, you know there would be times where even as I'm walking to class or as I'm as I'm coming back from class, I would get these looks from people, from white people. It would either be a look of, I, I, I don't really know how to describe it, maybe a look of kind of like surprise mixed with disgust, if there's such a thing. But it would be, it wouldn't be outright. Like you wouldn't uh, see it, you know, on their face, but, but you could tell there was an energy shift. Like, like there's this day, there's this day that I was um, coming back from from class, and this was at the end of the week. It was a Friday, so I was coming back pretty late, maybe around four or five p.m. And that's, you know, that's uh, man. Um, <laughs> so so yeah, that, that that was pretty late, and you know, uh, there there are all sorts of people who who were going around, you know, just moving around. Like in the UK, you have forms of transport. Motorcycles. You have bus bus transportation. People can walk. People can uh, use bicycles. So there was this certain, I guess, middle-aged white guy who was always, you know, uh, racing up and down with his bike, and he would do it every Friday, every Saturday. So in this particular instance, it felt as though as he was cycling past me uh, as I was walking back to uh, to my place that he shot me a look and even even though he had sunglasses like i could feel him staring right at me and for a second i felt nervous like this this it's a biker dude so i'm I'm like you know if this was maybe later on later on in the evening it would have been a different story maybe he could have chased me down with his bike so so that was one instance of you know subtle racism second one um i was walking with a couple of my roommates um not really roommates my apartment you know my my, my neighbors my neighbors in, in, in my apartment so so we were just walking we went to the store we, we you know bought what we, we needed to buy and as we were walking back there was a, a, a group of kids i think they were out of town they were you know uh, driving in a convertible um, one of my other neighbors actually was, was black also, but he was just younger than me. And so I didn't really hear what they said, but I knew that it was something racial towards the two of us. And we were walking and we were just walking back. And we were with another uh, friend of ours who was, I guess you can say, mixed because I think he has an, a parent who is Asian and the other parent, uh, parent is, um, I guess, white or black. Like, I, I never really found out, but you know. So they said something as they were driving past, and and of course I looked at my friend, and he was like, "Did you hear what? Did you hear that shit?" And he was like, "Nah, just just ignore them. Like, like 
this they're, they're just kids and i took it personally for a while because i was like if i was the one walking alone what what are the chances are that they could have been louder or they could have um you know even thrown something at me or thrown something at you know even one of my other friends if they if it was them like you know just the small subtle things that you don't notice and you know uh, the uk has its own history of of racial tension so that kind of hit hard for me which is why I kind of had this thing in my mind. I was like, "What if I was, what, what, what if I was living here like permanently? Like, would would my life every day be just made up of subtle racist moments, or would I have an actual moment where my life would be in danger? Because, um, you know, by the time I was leaving to, to come back to Kenya, is when a lot of stabbings were going on in London. So I was like, you know, what if it was me living in London and you know this happened to me like yo so i don't know there is police brutality and that also saddens me it makes me sick there's racial profiling um there's racism but there's also subtle racism and all of it mixed together is just rubbish it's, it's trash and i wish people could do better but if they don't want to listen to us i i, I wish things were different that, that's what i'm gonna say i wish things were different all we want to do is take the chains off. All we want to do is break the chains off. Yeah. All we want to do is be free. All we want to do is be free. All we want to do is take the chains off. All we want to do is break the chains off. Yeah. All we want to do is be free. All we want to do is be free. So a few days ago, there were protests. There were two protests. There was a Black Lives Matter protest outside of the U.S. Embassy and there was a police brutality protest outside of Parliament. Now here's the thing. The police, the law enforcement, um, they dispersed the police brutality protest. They were tear gassed and two people were actually arrested while the Black Lives Matter protest was left untouched. These white people, first of all, the irony of white people fighting for black rights. I'm not saying it's impossible, but, you know, crickets. So these white people were so confident that they wouldn't be touched, that they came out with their pets, they came out with picnic chairs, you know, they were cool. And that protest was actually not dispersed. But the police brutality, well, tear gassed, people weren't sure about the safety. This is a protest that I was actually meant to go to. And a massive shout out to Sobu, who was present, Sobu and Kafu. Both of these uh, guys, um, creatives, have been victims of police brutality and they featured on last week's episode of the podcast. If you haven't checked it out, go ahead and check it out. So this is a part two of that. So shout out to Sobu and Kafu who were, who were present at the at the protest. I was meant to go, but uh, I, had, I had some issues and by the time I arrived, the the cops had already done their thing now black lives matter is deemed an american problem it's a foreign affair right and um police brutality is deemed a kenyan problem so kenyan cops are not ready to be accountable for their actions they're not ready to be held to book about why they're doing certain things that they're doing right but then when black lives matter becomes a protest because it's deemed an american problem the cops are like, nah, we can't touch them. And that's white privilege right here at home. I recently just started watching um, When They See Us. 
I started watching it yesterday actually and this tells the story of four boys I just watched the first episode but it tells the story of four boys who were wrongly convicted in 1989 and accused of raping violently raping and assaulting a woman and as I watched the first episode man my heart broke because of how crooked the system is how broken the system is like does the system exist in the first place let's just start there so you see these kids being beaten up they're 14 years old 15 years old the kids are being beaten up they're being told like this is how the story went you know coercion the violence was used and then interrogation of a minor without the presence of their parent or a guardian like these kids don't even know what they were doing or what they were saying so at the end of the day because you're scared and you really want to get back to normal or you're gonna you want to go back home to your parents you do what they say because you think that's the right way or that's the only way for you to be safe for you to go home you know my heart really broke at this parent who was like you're gonna do as they say and he was having an argument with this kid you know he tried to talk to the cops he tried to talk to the supervisors it was like yo that's a good kid he's my kid he would never do something like that but you know they weren't having any of it so for him to get back his black son for him not to lose his son to the system he told him do as they ask what a heartbreaking conversation what a heartbreaking conversation and as i watched when they see us i later came across the story of George Steiny Jr. He was the youngest American to be sentenced to the death penalty and executed. He was ex- executed with over 5,000 votes. This is a 14-year-old who was accused of murdering two white girls who were, I think, seven and eleven. And throughout the trial, he maintained that he was innocent. His jury was all white, and I think they made a decision in like 10 or 20 minutes. Imagine the cruelty. Imagine the cruelty fam. The fact that these people were not even bothered to like get the back story, find out what the truth really is. 70 years later actually they said that, you know, he was proven innocent. Someone just wanted to punish him because of his skin color. Now here's the thing, the prison system in America is privately owned, which means it's a business and it must be filled at all times. That's why you hear people say that the system was made to keep black people locked up. They make opportunities for black people less. And so as a result of these opportunities being less, people resort to crimes. You you're a, a boy on the block trying to sell drugs, you know, to keep your family alive, to keep your kids alive. People are forced or are shown like that there is no way for a black man to make it out the hood. Man except through crime you're either in prison or you're dead now come back to Kenya the Nairobi remand prison in industrial area which is apparently like the worst prison that you can be in in this country it was established in 1911 now get this Kenya was declared a colony in 1920 and criminal laws and the penal code and the criminal procedure code was enacted in 1930 Now what does this mean? It means the the prisons were created. They were made before the laws. And this happened. This was done by the settlers who came here for business. And now the work of the colonial government was to facilitate extraction, was to ensure that 
the prison was fully stacked at all times. Now back to the bullshit education that I mentioned on the first episode, on the previous episode uh, preceding this. So I'll go to school for like a long period of my life and they're gonna teach me how to mix chemicals and chemistry. Chemicals that I've never come across in my life since I graduated. But there's no unit or course to teach me about human or civil rights. There's no unit telling me how should I handle myself or teaching me how to handle myself in case a cop pulls up on me. What am I supposed to do? What is the procedure that the cop is supposed to follow if they stop me or if they pull up on me? There's no unit teaching me what my rights are if I do find myself on the wrong side of the law. And where am I supposed to get that knowledge if all they're gonna teach me in history is about, you know, people that died a long time ago. They're not gonna tell me how they died. They're not gonna tell me why they died. They're not gonna tell me the evil things they did. They're only gonna tell me about the great things they did. And this is what J. Cole said on one of his, on one of his records. He said, the thing about the writers of history is they always seem to omit their sins. Which is why until you get to educate yourself, you won't find out about the sins of the founding fathers worldwide. This is not a problem just here at home, yeah? According to history, all these statues around the world were created to immortalize or to eternalize historic figures, right? So for someone like Tupac, Tupac has a statue, it's hideous as fuck, but it's still there. Tupac was considered a revolutionary artist, right? He gets a statue. Cecil Rhodes, who was a philanthropist and he, he served as prime minister uh, in British South Africa between 1890 and 1896. He was a philanthropist and still has a, like a Rhodes scholarship at Oxford University. Does he have a statue? I'm not sure about that. But the statues have started being taken down worldwide, right? And these statues being taken down are of controversial historic figures. Robert Milligan's statue was actually taken down outside the London Museum. He was a slave owner. Christopher Columbus, a 93-year-old statue was taken down in Virginia. In Alabama, the Confederate General Robert E. Lee, his statue was also taken down and now officials are actually considering renaming schools after confederate heroes instead in history we're told about adolf hitler who murdered jews but we're not told about king leopold who killed 10 to 15 million people during his reign in congo white privilege versus black lives matter now since all these statues are being taken down of these historic figures is, is like people trying to erase these people from history but does that mean that we have forgotten all the things that they have done more than just taking down these statues it is up to us to educate ourselves and those around us and our children about the real truth about the history i saw someone on twitter say like yo it's about time we took down the kenyatta statue and also start renaming you know things named after Jomo Kenyatta and rename them to Kenya because if you do teach yourself this is not in history in history they'll tell you he was the greatest leader of all time but when you teach yourself the actual truth you get to find out that he really did a lot of whack shit so as we continue the protests and speaking up about black lives matter 
and police brutality. Let us not forget that. The agenda of these two movements is the same. They're all fighting for human rights. But one is considered foreign, the other is considered local. And we're so quick or we're so willing to take in foreign problems without discussing our problems right here at home. Which is why we should be relentless in the fight towards police brutality. The number of deaths have spiked. The number of victims have spiked. People who have been tortured physically and psychologically in the hands of the five-hole has spiked. So we shouldn't give up on it. Go out on social media, talk about it, tag these people. Use the hashtag #EndPoliceBrutalityKE. If there's a protest and you're able to attend it, get out there and do it. If you're not going to fight for yourself, at the very least, fight for your children and your children's children and the generations to come. In conclusion, I want to ask this. Why is law enforcement here in the 254 so against police brutality but so for Black Lives Matter? Both of these protests, both of these movements have the same agenda. They're both fighting for human rights. They're both addressing human rights issues. But one is considered foreign and the other is considered a local problem. Wake up, Kenya. Wake up, Africa. We shouldn't keep quiet about these injustices. And honestly, I thought like more celebrities will be talking about this, more um, people will be talking about this, but you know, so far only a handful are, and I don't know what the problem is. I don't know why there's fear, but yo, listen, start where you are. Start with your voice, use your power. That is what you got, your power, you've got your, your voice and your vote. That is what you have got. Educate yourself, get on the internet. Buying bundles is very cheap nowadays. Educate yourself on the system. So when you find yourself at loggerheads with the system, you know how to get yourself out. Or when you're making decisions that could impact your life greatly, you know how to make the proper decision when you're going to vote. I'm going to ask this as I finish. You've seen what is happening right here at home as far as police brutality is concerned. I'm pretty sure everyone has had an encounter with the cops, or most of us, a huge percentage of us, have had an unpleasant encounter with law enforcement. So let me ask you, why are you silent on the injustices happening right here at home? I'd like to know. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. This is pop-up number four. Massive shout out to everyone who has checked this out. And uh, if you do agree with the conversation on the podcast, do share on social media. You can always tag me at JustRubyV with your comments, with your thoughts. If you have deferring or similar opinions or something that you could add on to this podcast that I could feature it on the next Make sure that you do share on social. And of course, share this podcast with as many people as possible. It is about time we educate ourselves on the system. It is about time we take matters into our own hands and learn about the system. It is up to you and me to impact this knowledge on other people as well so go ahead share 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 if you're checking this out on youtube do like drop a comment subscribe to my channel if you're checking it out on anchor you can favorite if you're checking out whatever platform you're checking out this podcast on i do appreciate your time and i hope that you're willing to share this so we can reach more people thank you